So it's 40 years for Power Caddy this year. Can you chat a bit about how the business first got started? The business was founded 40 years ago by my dad, Joe Catford, who was a, a watchmaker and jeweller. He got out of that business because he thought it was no future in it because he thought quartz electric watches were going to take over. Um, he went into partnership with a friend of his who had an automotive parts business and uh, this friend bought a trolley called a, a tea caddy which was made in the Midlands. Um, this was a fairly crude prototype and it kept breaking. My dad being the inventive one, every weekend he'd end up fixing this thing for his partner and he'd go out again and come back and he'd go out and come back. And it, it just got my dad thinking that, geez, I can do a better job than this. And that's how he um, set about. So he, like a lot of products that people invent, they, they're really reinventing an, an existing idea and improving upon it. So that's what he did. What's it like for you now, like running and working for a business that like, your family set up? Um, yeah, it's, it's great fun. Um, very interesting industry uh, and a very interesting sector. I think the most satisfying thing initially for us was that we were able to prolong the life of a lot of golfers' careers. Yeah. And because when the product first came out 40 years ago, it was really seen as a, a prop for old people. It's changed a lot in 40 years and the age has dropped from, you know, average of 80 to probably below 40. Um, so that was very satisfying. And I think also um, seeing how the technology has developed on the products from these very early you know, crude models to what we're selling today is fascinating. Just how much has that technology evolved in like those four decades? Yeah, I think greatly. I think in, if you're... If you go back to the early 80s, computers, microelectronic computers like Microsoft and stuff like that had really only just been invented. So having microelectronics enabled us to do a lot more with the product. Um, I think the next big game changer was introduction of um, sealed batteries. Initially we had a wet car battery um, which leaked and it was completely impractical. So having a sealed battery really revolutionised the industry together with what my, my dad did initially with the drive transmission getting away from these crude chains and belts to gearboxes which are much more reliable. Now more recently we've had the switch into lithium. Yes. Just how much has that changed like the way you produce like the whole rest of the toy? Absolutely fundamental I think I think that's after those initial changes from the early days the, the big change was in from about 2005, six onwards, where lithium batteries became affordable. Um, they're much more powerful, they're much lighter, they're more reliable, um, and therefore we're able to squeeze a lot more energy into a smaller space, which has enabled us to shrink the products down as well. So yeah, fundamental. Now, over the years, the company's gone through a few different ownerships, but I guess a big one that stands out to a lot of people is when you tied in with Hillbilly. Yes, that, that happened um, quite a long time ago now. It was about the uh, year 2000. Um, my father invented the hillbilly as well. So when he left Powerkeddy initially, um, he did the hillbilly. And then my brother and I sold hillbilly back to Powerkeddy. And, and they ran very successfully side by side. But by the time we'd come back into the business in 10 years ago, in 2012, it, it, uh, hillbilly was was not the same business it had been neglected really um, but I think also the consumer had moved on and they wanted more technologically advanced products and 
locking horns with other brands really squeeze Hillbilly out of the market. There's not, it's not really a, it's a former, former glory product really. But uh, the brand's still alive, but we sell quite a few overseas actually. It's still quite popular in European markets and even Argentina, believe it or not, buys quite a lot of them. What I thought was really interesting is when we were looking at some of the old, like original power caddy imagery earlier, and how much the logos changed and also the colouring. Because yeah. originally it was green, yes. not the yellow that we no, see today. No. How did that change? Uh, green for golf, obviously, for grass. Um, the brand, I think, every 10 years, I think it had a rebrand. It missed one 10 years. So the yellow came in about the turn of the millennium. Um, I wasn't at the business then. It's, <laughs> it's quite a tricky colour, yellow, to... Um, to, to work with, it's, it's a difficult colour to put on a product, but uh, it, it sta we stand out, it's, it's not mono, is it? Um, and then recently we, we've um, refreshed the logo um, to make it a bit more modern, and that's, yeah. I really like the story about the logo and how, like, the story behind the K, I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily realise no. where the design came from. That. No, no, it is... Um, it's a handle you're holding from the side, and that's the control dial in the middle, is, is the thinking there, yeah. I think that's so smart, like especially to have like the little button in the middle. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a really cool little intricacy that yes. you might not realise until someone points it out, but then it seems like really obvious. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of companies spend a lot of money on rebranding, don't they? Um, we decided on this last refresh to do it really quickly, using our... Um, uh, design agency. Um, we did it in about a week. Um, I took it home to show my wife and she said, um, oh yeah, that was great. Are you now known as the OK brand? And what we'd done is we'd shortened the vertical part of the P so much it looked like an O and none of us in the business had seen it because we're too close to the business. Yeah. And it took my wife, so obviously now she reminds me uh, continually that she saved the, saved the brand. <laughs> Now, I think when it comes to a lot of golf products, say a new driver, it's very clear what someone's trying to do with a new product. They're either trying to make it go further or straighter, a bit more forgiving. When you're designing a new trolley, how do you decide like what you want to do different or what you want to be like better in the next model? Um, it's driven by, uh, I think, two things. Um, firstly, um, people want more compact products. Um, cars becoming, what's interesting about cars I think is cars, the, the boots of cars have come much smaller, we haven't really noticed it, but the cabin in the car is big, so the cars haven't really shrunk, but the boots shrunk, mm -hmm. so people are definitely wanting compactness, a lot of people, not one size doesn't fit all, a lot of people don't want to compact, they're quite happy with a bigger product, that's you know, a big chunk of our business. Um, and then I think the, the other thing that's driving it is technology, so the, the introduction of um, GPS has been very big, um, braking systems. It's those two mainstays that are driving the differences as we move forwards. How hard is it to get GPS in a trolley? Because you look at it and it looks so simple, but it, I can't imagine it's actually that easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it's quite tough. Um, the, the, the technology, the software, is very deep, very involved, trying to write all the different screens and get it to do everything seamlessly is, is, a, is a lot of work and um, it's quite new for us as a, as a business to, to be 
turning ourselves into quite a software-driven business, so that, that's been hard. Um, we've got good partners. They, the mapping is incredibly accurate these days. Um, so when GPS first came out, there was lots of queries of people saying, you know, that, that bunker's not there anymore, or that's a lake. Um, but fortunately, that's better. So that, that's been the biggest challenge. And recently, microchips have been on short supply, so that's been very difficult to get hold of them to make enough. So, yeah. So I think from looking through a lot of imagery today of the older trolleys, like a massive shift has been in the design and the way the trolley looks. How much more important is that to the consumer now and how, how hard is it to change like the aesthetics? Um, I, th I think it's very important to the consumer. Um, again, they're, they're wanting products that are compact, easy to fold and lightweight, easy to use with plug and play batteries one-click folding systems, these are consistently the messages that we get back from the consumer and the golfer. Um, so, and I think the looks as well. Previously, when the, pro the product was um, powered by the big lead-acid batteries, people didn't really see it as a, an extension of their equipment of looks and everything, but now they do. They're wanting you know, alloy wheels and trims and stuff like that. It's quite funny, I was up at the golf club once testing one and someone came up and was like, wow, is that the Porsche of trolleys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny, almost like shifting from the white colourway into like the gunmetal now really has made a big visual difference just before even anything else. Yeah, and the stealth black is popular as well because um, a lot of cars you see on the road now. So we're, yeah. we're very, I think we're very influenced by the automotive industry as, as a lot of products are bikes as well, aren't they, and stuff like that. It's all the modern technology and equipment, uh, materials, really, we, we um, buy into, I think. So your big new product this year is remote-based. Yes. How hard is it to make a remote trolley, and what are all the extra variables you have to think about to get it to work? Yeah, it's, it is a challenge. Um, I think the biggest thing is when you're using a trolley that is not remote, you're holding it, and you're subtly changing and supporting it and not taking it to places where you shouldn't. Um, whereas with the remote, every little tiny movement of the product has got to be controlled by the handset yeah. in the software again. And also the, um, they, the stability and the robustness needs to be higher because people are driving them into bunkers, lakes. Lakes is a big problem. Trees, woods. Long rough, it, it's and it and it, it it's got to stay on its three wheels throughout that that period, so quite tough. But you know we we think we've achieved it with this RX1 range. It's proven very successful. So compared to a standard non-remote trolley, how much longer does it take to like design, manufacture, test something that's remote? Yeah, it is a lot longer. Um, I would say it's probably uh, an extra year on our, on our normal two-year development cycle. So it's almost like 50% extra? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's pretty mental to think about. Now, what I think is interesting is you've always like assembled and designed stuff here in the UK. Mm. Why is that like so important to you as a business? Um, uh, yeah, it started obviously with a father doing it in his garage. Um, we, we think that being, we're all, we're all golfers, so we understand the the sport, which um, has its own intricacies, doesn't it? Um, and I think that we feed back from the golfers continuously, mm. and that 
all the early thinking and concepts are built into the product here by us at this site in Sydney, Bourne in Kent. And uh, we think that makes the difference. If, if, you, if you go to an outside design agency, they can come up with some very attractive looking products, but are they going to work? Are they reliable? Do they meet the needs of the golfer and the market and the conditions? Can they be manufactured in, in as well? And uh, so, yeah, we, we think that is the, the difference between us and uh, other brands because we're doing it, we're living and breathing it ourselves in-house. What do you think is the future of electric trolley design? Hmm. Um, I think tech is going to play a big part with um, more GPS enhancements. I think uh, AI is coming our way, as it is to everything, Internet of Things as well. Um, and I think battery technology is the second thing where um, batteries will become smaller and more powerful. So that means that we can fit more into a smaller space and shrink down the product even further is, is, is difficult. But there's, of course, a limit to how far you can shrink it before the thing becomes you know, unstable. Or and it does have to fit a golf bag on it. And it's got to fit <laughs> a golf bag and a person's got to stand behind it. Yeah, so. It's funny when you look at like the CT8 now, though. each time you bring a new one out, I think it can't physically get any smaller. And then it does. Mm. The CT8 is tiny in its actual shell. So the thought that it could get even smaller than that doesn't seem like physically possible. No, no. And I think even in-house, you know, when you finish a product like that, you think, right, that's it. There's, there's, how can we possibly get smaller? But then time, you know, goes by and things happen, you know, with the technology. Motor technology as well, I think, will become smaller. So all of these things will, will contribute. But, yeah, the, 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 the large step gains we made, I think, are over. But it'll be, you know, continual development improvement will, will, will come through. So over the years, what would you say have been like your favourite products or products that maybe like drove on the success well, of like innovation? <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> you can't choose between your children. Um, good question. Um, I, I think I think the um, the the move from uh, the original power caddy was a, a, a three part frame, so you had to assemble it together. I think going to the um, one, you know, a, a product that folded up completely is, was a big step change for the industry and for our business. Um, I think the the latest range, the compact, uh, the, the FX and CT, and now the RX, they're all on the same chassis. That's been very challenging and satisfying to to try and get three products, if you like, from one chassis. Um, so I, th I think, yeah, those the latest products are probably the favourites. It was really interesting looking at that in the factory. So essentially, that middle section is the same on every trolley. Yes. Which you you would never think looking at it. No. Actually, when someone says that, it, it, it seems more obvious, but the fact you've been able to do that, how much has that helped with like manufacturing? And yeah, measurably, because um, you, we only, we stock a, a, a fairly small kit of parts here and we're able to customise with different handle features and benefits, um, colours and trims, um, and uh, that that enables us to, to really streamline our design and manufacturing process so that we've, we have stock available more than we would have because you can't forecast precisely what your sales are going to be by model. The weather changes. Um, taste change, so yeah, it enables us to, to be much more flexible and meet the demand 
as it as it changes. Okay, so finally, you have a pretty big line at the model of models at the moment. Which trolley are you using, and why? <laughs> All of them, of course. <laughs> um, I I tend to um, use the the more techn technological advanced products because they need more, you know, testing. Testing. <laughs> so, but I don't get to play much. But uh, I've, we've got a new operations director, and he's definitely trying to get me to go out and play more golf and do more testing. So, I can't argue with that. <laughs> so you're gonna which one are you picking? The remote. Um, I. At the moment, it's the remote because it's fairly new. Yeah, and we're doing some, you know, enhancements ready for next season um, on the remote. Um, but we've got some other little gems coming along as well. So can't tell you too much yet. Can't talk about them yet. You'll be the first to yet. know. <laughs> Maybe soon. <laughs> Absolutely.